0: all, folks. Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode two. I am joined by a very special guest, Raheem Thompson. He is the commissioner, the founder, the literally everything of the Chosen League. If you don't know what the Chosen League is, we go over it in our conversation. But the Chosen League is the biggest, the best high school basketball tournament in the Philadelphia area. Happens every summer, and I was lucky enough to go out and witness it this summer. Amazing. And I, again, I met Raheem in person. I've, I've, he's a close family friend, but truly unbelievable. What a guy! I don't even want to take up too much time. I'm just going to dive right into our conversation here. So, super quick intro, awesome conversation. So, without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with uh, Raheem. Let's go. Man of the hour. joined by the one and only Kamish, the man, the legend behind the Chosen League himself, Raheem. Raheem, how's it going, man?
1: Good, Josh. How's everything going with you? It's going
0: well. I know I told you this right before we recorded, but I genuinely appreciate you taking the time with me. For
1: real, thank you for taking the time. Not a problem, Josh. Anything for
0: well, we'll dive into the Chosen League here in a second. Um, obviously, I want to hear the whole history of it, how you came up with it, things like that. But before we do so... I, w- I wanted you to kind of introduce yourself. I know that my so my following, I'm based in Utah, um. So I, my following's kind of all over the place. Obviously, you being based in Philadelphia right now. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, I know your story. You're growing up. I mean, you have an amazing and and heartbreaking and crazy story. But I would love if you wouldn't mind kind of just uh, giving the people a little bit of a background on yourself.
1: Well, my name is Raheem Thompson. I'm 46 years old. I'm married to Tanisha Thompson. I have two beautiful daughters, 11 and 9 years old. Veretta Day and Claire Doe Thompson. Me and my wife have been married now for 12 years. I run the Chosen League based out of Philadelphia, which is a high school summer basketball league. And we have we have just completed our 21st summer. In wow. 21 summers, we have had over 3,000 players play. We have had over 300 kids go Division I, male and female. We have had about 20, 23 kids drafted or signed to an NBA team, and then we had like a, maybe another 30 or 40 that played overseas. Uh, we've been featured in NBA Live, EA Sports, the 2018 edition. We have partnerships with Nike, Mitchell & Ness, the 76ers. No more, no longer with the 76ers because of the high school rule and everything like that. Mm. But, you know, we have very deep ties with people, and I'm the executive director of Team Thompson Family Foundation, which is very near and dear to my heart. Which is the service in the people, which is more, which is more important than anything. That's what's a platform that I use to service the people.
0: I I think that's that's probably why you and Scott get along so well. He he explained your house around Christmas time is just like an open door.
1: Oh man, it's like the North Pole in here. Like from the, <laughs> from where I'm sitting at, from my front porch to the kitchen to downstairs in the basement to upstairs, it's hundreds and hundreds of gifts coats and everything. And it's not for us, it's for the Woodstock family shelter and families that are needed. We've been doing that for seven years now. So, so I mean, we just use basketball as a platform because, you know, it's a lot of different religious beliefs. You're in Utah's Mormons, I'm a Voodoo priest, there's there's Christians, but there's only one God. So, Mm -hmm. like, religions is nothing but a pizza pie where everybody got their different slice, but the one slice is all together. The pie is for God. And I think that's the reason why me and Scott get along so well, because he saw that we use using black basketball as a platform to help people and let people get closer. Cause you know, people don't like to talk about religion because yeah. people get real, they get real funny with it, which I never understood growing up because I was always the outsider. Cause I I'm, remember I'm from coming from an African based religion, but my whole thing is if I believe in God, and you believe in God. And we just those do general principles of, you know, don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, treat people how you want to be treated. That right there should make any communication, black, white, Hispanic, Dominican, Chinese, Korean, should okay. make it very easy because we all live by the same by the same tenements. So yep. that's why me and Scott' relationship is the way it is. It's one of the best relationships I ever had. It grown from a business thing to basically where I feel like Scott is family.
0: Yeah, he I know for a fact he feels the same way about you. That's exactly why this year the Chosen League, there's like 15 of us who rolled in deep.
1: And when y'all walked in, that was the funniest thing ever, because my referee, remember he looked at y'all sitting on the baseline, and then I was sitting, there, I was laughing. I'm like, how is this going to handle this? And he was like, that's my referee, Craig. He's been with me for like 15 years. He was like, you got to move because <laughs> it was just cool. Then having Trey play in the league, with the team mm-hmm. that Trey played on, which was a very high-profile team. They didn't win the championship, but just that experience, because you got to think about it. Out of the 160 kids we played in the, that played in the league total, between the males and the females, yeah. 24 of the players went all state. Wow. So you talk about almost 15% of the league is all – we ain't talking all city – we ain't talking about all public. We talk about all state. So, I mean, it was it was a great year for the Chosen League, especially with it being our first year back after yeah. the break of COVID and everything like that.
0: I was going to ask you, how did that work over COVID? Did you just have to well, put it all on
1: pause? Yeah, the first summer of 2020, we shut everything down. There was, uh-huh. I just couldn't, in my right mind, do any basketball because we were still figuring things out. Yeah. And it was just too dangerous and everything. And then last summer, in August 2021, I I had told Councilman Isaiah Thomas, who's been a coach in my league for years, he, he's a newly elected councilman here in the city. I had told him back in March last year that I wanted to do the Chosen Game, which is completely different than the Chosen League. Okay. So the Chosen Game is something we started back in 2008, where it's the top graduating seniors playing against the top up-and-coming underclassmen. Oh, that's that would normally be the kickoff of every year. We would kick off with that because it's a way to honor the guys that played in the Chosen League that are now graduating on the college. And it's like them passing the, it's like them battling against the, the young boys coming yeah. up. So that game has always been serious. So last year, I told Isaiah I wanted to do that because I just I just knew I couldn't still do a league, even though we was coming out of it. So we did that. We did that at Xfinity Live, which is the in the oh, parking yeah. lot of sports complex. And we built out a basketball court out there. We had four games. It was for the top middle school boys and girls. And then we had it for the top high school boys and girls. But that's a showcase game. So yeah. it was like the chosen league, like you got to see, where mm-hmm. that intense competition, every possession. So this year, people was like, how are you going to building out a court at Trinity Live? So a former player of mine named Vinnie Simpson, he's the head coach of the girls' team at Friends Central. And he just retired from playing overseas for 13 years. Oh, wow. and he used to go to university. So I had told Vinny around March, around February, March, I'm like, look, I'm bringing the chosen league back. And I want to bring it back, but I need to bring it back. I want to bring it back at French Central. So he talked to the athletic director, Michelle Crawley. Me, I had a lot of discussions, a lot of back and forth. And then it just came out to a perfect fit for the day I went to do the tour site. But unbeknownst to me, I forgot, Mustafa Shakur, who was my first McDonald's All-American, who went to University of Arizona, went to Friends Central. Oh, came, wow. Played in my NBA lockout game, who I partnered with through the NBA lockout game versus Carmelo Anthony. He went to Friends Central. Emil Jefferson, who played in my league, who won the national championship at Duke, who's now assistant mm-hmm. coach at Duke, played, played, went to Friend Central. DeAndre Hunter, who didn't get a chance to play in my league, but who I'm very tight with his family, his circle, Went to friend Central, so when I walked in there, it was just like this was is meant to be. to have it at, and yeah. then just that the boys and the girls playing underneath in the same gym underneath the same roof at the same time. I, that has never been done in basketball history as I know, but I've been around a lot. I have yeah. never seen high school summer basketball where you got the top girls and the top boys playing at the same time. And you remember people next. You was there. People next was like this between yeah. the two quarters. You would hear a scream from the girls' court, and then you hear a scream from the boys' court, and then that's why I would just sit right in the middle with my wife and my kids and be like yep. this, just paying attention to everything like
0: that. It was awesome. I I I truly similar to you, I'm a little bit younger guy, but I've been around basketball my whole life and I've I've got to see a bunch of cool basketball setups between hoop it up and things like that. What you've got going, especially this year, like you mentioned with the girls on one side, the guys on the other, that was that was awesome. Just the atmosphere in there. Everybody standing the whole time. Like it was it was amazing.
1: And that's what I wanted to do because one thing I have uh I have veered away from where at the beginning, because I've been doing this for 21 years. Yeah. So I always I never liked the title street ball. I never liked it. I, I hated the title because I see what it did to players' reputations. Yep. Because yep. I I coaches or a professional guys, they're like, he's a street ball player. So I'm like, this isn't street ball what we do. Even when I was playing outside when we was playing outside Tefanny, I'm like, we playing outside in the park. But this ain't street ball, cause we got all Catholics, we got all Americans playing. These ain't street ball dudes. Yep. When you look up in when the following March come, they probably gonna be the NCAA tournament. In two years in June, the name's gonna be getting called. So yeah. this ain't street ball. So what I did was maybe about six, seven years ago, I started moving away from some of the elements of that. That's why when you came to the gym, you didn't hear a DJ, you didn't hear an MC. My thing was the music was going to be the the basketball bouncing, the sneakers squeaking, and the crowd cheering. Because that's going to bring you the authentic feel. And that's why I wanted to make it feel like a family atmosphere, a real bad one. And there's nothing against the MCs. Because I, I know a lot of these leagues around the country, but one thing about me, I always, and people that know me, I try to stay ahead of the curve and try to like set a certain precedence. And especially with all the violence that's going on, I wanted to make sure that the environment was family friendly, where it didn't matter what race you was, what color you was, you was coming there for the one thing, the love of basketball, and that would be able to unify everyone.
0: Well, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. I brought my really? daughter. There, there were little babies there. There, it was
1: when right. you say family
0: friendly. This was family friendly,
1: and that's what it was about. Remember, my daughters are there. My yep. mom is there. My wife is there. And then the thing about it, what people understand when you run these leagues, you're responsible for everything. Yeah. So if something goes wrong, it's on me. If something goes right, it's a great job everybody did. Yeah, so, yeah. Especially navigating coming from the outside navigating neighborhood beefs, squashing them. Like when like when, when we used to play at 10 for 90, everybody knew the rule. You could yeah. be in there next to – it could be a cop next to a drug dealer, next to a lawyer, next to a 9-to-5 guy, in there, and they all loving the game. But once you walk out that gate, whatever you're doing, that's on you. But once you come in here, you're in my territory, this is here, we are here. Because remember, Scott used to come out here. And that yep. was the thing – that's what made me really endear Scott. First time Scott came to 10 for 9, he came by himself. He had a driver walk, drop him off, and he just walked in the park. So Kimba, that's my head of security, that's the metric. He was like Scott here. So I'm like, where the hell is Scott? Here he go walking in. And you know how Scott got that, you know, he had that presence with him. Yep. Then Scott came back the following year. He came another time. We were playing in this gym at Omni Rec. High, I'm talking about this gym was hot. It was like nine degrees in the gym. No it. He was he came for that. Then another time he came. Uh, he, third time he came. He came with Robert Coverton and, and Coach Brett Brown. They came before him. They like so. Scott has been to the game. So Scott has seen this grow from Tensanani to where it was. Where you've seen it at this past summer.
0: It's amazing. It is amazing. So I wanted to ask you what I mean. You've been doing it for a while. How did you come up with this idea? Where, where did this Where did this start
1: from? Well, it started when I was when I was young, around like. 12, 13 years old, to be totally okay. honest with you. So I have a book I wrote called Choose Wisely. People can purchase it, no eyes.com So what happened was when I was born in New York originally. I was born deaf with a broken foot. So I am documented as a miracle child because no, I was born in 1976. Technology back yeah. then, it, it wasn't no technology back then. When my mom went to get surgery on my ears, they asked my mother, was she a praying woman? She said, yes, I believe in God. She was like, they told to pray because if I if I would have made one funny move, I could have been deaf permanently and everything like that. So wow. you talk about, and I got this surgery when I was three years old, and there was no anesthesia, none of that. It was like on some. I had to stay still and everything like that. So growing up in the Bronx, you know, when we growing up in New York, we first we lived in Harlem, then we moved, lived in Harlem, then we lived in Queens, then we moved to the Bronx. So when we moved to the Bronx. I happen to live maybe about 10 blocks from Yankee stadium. Okay. So if people know anything about the old Yankee stadium, of course, the street from the old Yankee stadium is outside basketball courts. Mm-hmm. So when you was going to the baseball game, the basketball courts was there. So in the neighborhood that I lived in, it was mixed. It was mixed between, it was like mixed between blacks, Caribbean, Hispanics. So you're talking about soccer. You're talking about baseball. You're talking about basketball. Yeah. So every building had their own team or whatever like that. So, one year, we, I went to a summer camp where my mom was working at down in Harlem on 145th and Amsterdam, called Faze Piggyback. Somehow, we got picked to go to this camp that Mark Jackson, who now yeah. is the analyst for ESPN, he had just won rookie of the year with the New York Knicks. Now, before that, during the wintertime, my mother' godson had to get these tickets to the Knicks game. So I was going to the basketball game, seeing Mark Jackson play uh, Rick Patino had just became the head coach, Patrick Ewing, the Knicks was coming back. But it's ironic, and I'm going to veer off and I'm going to come right back. Every time they played against the Sixers, for some reason I would root for the Sixers versus them because Charles Barkley had these air, Force, these air forces, these sneakers that he was wearing with the red, white, and so it was like real ironic. And then they would always play them in the playoffs and the Sixers would beat them in the five. So And I would always root for the Sixers, even though I was in New York, which was like so crazy to me. So now, back to what I was saying. So we go to this camp for Mark Jackson at Gaucho's Gym. Now, Gaucho's Gym is one of the most historic AU programs. They like the original AU program back from the 80s. The Sneakers, New D.M.I.L.A. owned them. Rod Strickland, Jamal Mashburn. Oh, wow. Dave, so when we, Mark Jackson. So when we go to the gym, it's his one-day camp. We go to the gym. The one-day camp is just an amazing experience. When I walk in the gym, the gym is amazing. They got the trophies, they got jackets, they got the gear, they got all of this. So when I went back home, I started making my own gym, making my, I'm talking about drawing stuff out, making uniforms, put up May Aluminum for you basketball, playing full court games in my room. My neighbor downstairs banging the bat on the floor, my mom screaming at me and stuff like that. So really, that's where I got to start. That's where the creation of this came. So then when I got older, when I was around 16, 17, I was uh, playing uh, varsity basketball. So we had moved to Philly and everything, and I went to Highland High School. Now, I just happened to come during the reemergence of Philadelphia High School basketball. So we're talking about Rasheed Wallace, who played in the NBA for 17 years. Alvin Williams, who played in the NBA for 12 years. Tatino Mobley. So I was on the high school team with Jason Lawson, who was top 50 in the country. Wow! So him and she was like one and two in the city. He had, he ended up going to Villanova. Got drafted by the uh, Denver, nu- Orlando Magic. Played for the Denver Nuggets. Played overseas. But while we were practicing, remember, Jason got college scouts coming in. Yeah. So the coaches are coming in. They watch him play. So I'm, I was a great role player, corner three. Anybody knew me when I played. I shot the corner three before P.J. Tucker, Bruce Bowen. I was original three and D dude. He just I wasn't it. known. So one day I was talking to my mom. And my mom really, really, really planted a seed in me. that switch theory. She said, if Shaquille O'Neal is getting paid $100 million, what is the owner making? So when she said that to me, it triggered something in me like, oh, that's interesting. Because if he's getting paid that, what is the owner making? So my thinking, I was like, look, I'm not going to make it to the NBA. Now, I'm pretty good, but... There gotta be some other opportunity, yeah, in this basketball world where I can make my mark. And then, as the years went by, I did the intern? I was I was part of Slam original street team promo when Slam first came out. Sweet. I came to Philadelphia as the Slam guy. I would go to the different basketball events, get out the magazines, and this is when magazines was really popular. So I was got known as the Slam guy. And then in two thousand and two, my grandmother passed away. Right before we was about to go on family vacation, so when my grandmother passed away, I was talking to my godmother, who was like the most so grown mombo, Angela Novelli, and when I was talking to her, I was telling her I wanted to create this basketball magazine. Mm-hmm. So I skipped a couple of steps. This is like '96. We okay. went to uh, Disney. Went to Disney. This is the summer of the Dream Team. This is when Shaq is leaving Orlando. Orlando. Was- so I happened to be with Slam, called Slam, had them fax me a letter, bring it over to USA Basketball because they was practicing in Disney. I ended up giving me a credential. Blase, blase. So when it's over, I'm like, I'm going to make my own magazine. My godmom looks at me. She goes, Mm-mm. my my father-in-law at the time, George Weir, rest and so, tells me, uh-uh, magazine's not where that. at. It ain't about selling the magazines, by about advertisement. Now, my godmother, she tells me, nah, she's like, you need to start a basketball league. I'm 20 years old at this time. <laughs> uh-huh. So, it, Jews are going to the NBA at 20 at this time. This high school, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Fast forward six years, 2002. My grandmother passed. So, we we, we go on a family trip and everything. My godmom, like, yo, you need to really consider starting this basketball league. Now, you know, my godmother, my godmother was, was a world renowned psychic. I'm okay, talking about. Wow. Cuba, Brazil, America, people call her in, pay thousands of dollars. My godmother was a real godsend, a real god. So we get off the cruise. My, my, come to find out, our apartment got broken into, right? Crazy, right? Josh, this is crazy. So our apartment gets broken into. My man calls me, yo, man. I was just talking to the guy at the partner. Now, mind you, just found out my apartment got broken into. We're just getting off this cruise. I just had the time of my life. My grandmother done passed away. Now, this is all happening, John. I'm getting all this information within 24 hours of getting off the boat. My grandmother done passed, so we got to go down South Carolina. My godmother telling me I need to start the basketball league. My apartment got broken in, and now my man, Rasheen Carroll, is calling me, telling me, look, man, I think we need to start a basketball league down 10th Street. But the guy... he he just won't talk to me. I need you to come through. This is all happening at the same time. That's a lot. A lot. So I'm dealing and mind you, there's no blueprint to this basketball league thing. Yeah. Because people that was in, that was doing leagues who I went to go talk to, they wouldn't share the information. So it was like, I had to figure this out on a trial by error. So we go to the funeral for my, we go to the funeral for my grandmother. I get back. My mom's going to move in with my godmother while we while we figure out our housing situation. I'm like, I'm not moving in with no one. I said, I'm just going to get my bag. I'm going to do this league because the league got to go. The league got to happen. So my first year of the league, people don't even know, I was like, I can't even say semi-homeless. I was homeless because it was some nights I was sleeping in the park. It'd be some nights I was sleeping on my homie's couch. It might be a night or two, I might sleep up because every Sunday I went to Sunday service, regardless. But I was moving, like, I was like, I don't even know how to say it, man. Like, every night I was really like living off the land the first year of the league. And mind you, we didn't have no sponsorships. And this was like all trial by error. This was t shirts. This was the wild, wild west days of the 10th finale because the community really didn't know me like that. So it was like, who is this guy we know, but now he's having the basketball league? And then I got, you know, it's a lot of politics. There's a lot of situations. I like, that's what, like Dykeman in New York, Gersh in New York, the Drew League, yeah. Miami Premier League, Pro City, the Danny Rump Classic. Because people see when y'all come to the games, that environment is safe and protected because there's a lot of moving pieces. That have to be controlled and stuff like that, especially when you are doing like where I was having the game that at tempting, like you it was a lot of it was a lot of different communities involved. So yeah. just to be able to pull that off and 21 years later to be here, I mean, sometimes like, I gotta applaud myself because I'd be like, like when, that one, when people come to me and talk about they want to start a league, I first thing I ask them, are you trying to make money or are you trying to make a difference? Yeah. If you're trying to make money, it's not gonna work. If you don't make a difference, the money will come. Because wow. people see this Nike stuff, they see this Mitchell Ness stuff, but my first year I have no sponsors. I yeah. mean, literally. I had my man Tumor Alexander, who's now the managing director of the city. He was where he, he got me some backboards. I had maybe three sponsors the first year, and them three sponsors came out to maybe 2000 dollars Wow. This past summer cost me somebody yearly salary to do that two-week tournament. So yeah. he understand. So that's just where we're at right now, and now a quick word from our sponsors
0: That's amazing, holy moly that uh you to literally start from nothing, like you said, you you're like, i'm yeah, I'm sleeping in the park, but i uh, I love what you said there, man, about are you trying to make money, you trying to make a difference that is that is awesome,
1: and that's where people think that's where like. I have influenced a lot of people around the country to lead. Because remember, I've been doing this 21 years. Yeah, I've done worked for ABCD Camp, Reebok, and worked with Sonny Baccaro and coach prep school basketball. And that's one thing I learned. The more I got closer in my prayers and everything like that, and the more I listened to what my godmom was teaching me, it was like the money is going to be there. But the money could be good or bad. Yeah, but if you're trying to make a difference, the money will always be there because you're making a difference by servicing people, and you're not just being money hunting. Because like the first year of my league, I could have got shut down. It was a guy who I knew who was a big time illegal person in the city. He came to me with like fifteen thousand dollars cash, and he said, "Raheem, I want to give this to you for the league." My godmother, Gro Mambo, wrestler, so told me a week before, "Do not take money from anybody."
0: Wow. She knew.
1: So when he came, my job got no money. Yeah. I'm working a nine to five job and getting paid every two weeks. I was working for the parking authority. I, remember I, I didn't even think about paying referees. Yeah. So now I pay referees. So my job would pay me. We used to get paid every two weeks on a Thursday. They would pay me early on Wednesday so I could take my whole check, with, which was only $540, and then pay out the referees what I owed them.
0: Wow. So
1: Man, so when he came to me with this fifteen thousand, I was like, "Nah, I can't do it." Thank God I said that. A week later, he's in the newspaper getting locked up for doing some fraud stuff. So the chosenly would have been done before we even got started.
0: Your man, your grandma, your 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 godmother, she 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 was in touch with something, man. That's a oh, that's man, some good was, advice.
1: Yeah, like she she got it. And the thing what I loved about what I love about her, loved about her. And I love about my mom. What my mother taught me was always have faith in God. My godmother took that and let me know the world is bigger than where you at right now. So, first time, I went, think about the first time she took me to Disney, the Olympic team was there. Yeah. So, <laughs> about Shaquille O'Neal, Grant Hill, Penny Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, Gary Payton, Hakeem Olajuwon, John Stockton, <laughs> Carl Malone, um, Reggie Miller.
0: The best so, of the best. Legend. Right. So, yeah.
1: so everything she taught me, it was like it resonated because she wasn't just teaching me. She was showing me stuff like, you know, my godmother. Scott, think about how I feel about my godmother. My godmother was all that. Traveled the world. Like I said, was a world-renowned psychic, was respected from presidents, leaders of countries that are male-dominant to here in America where certain people. I'm not going to talk about it because it's privacy, but certain yeah. people will call and be like, look, we need you to come out here, or we're going to come to you. We're going to have security come. They're going to walk us, that stuff like that. So wow. I was just really privileged to be around someone very powerful who has influenced me to let me know there's nothing I can't accomplish because this world is so big. But remember, there's 7 billion people in the world. And there's over 150 countries. So yeah. mean, this is a pretty big world. But I think God knew what he was doing when he said this global world he created.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, man. That is, I, I knew your story was amazing as far as the creation of Chosen League, but I didn't know all this went into it, that all the family influences, everything this is, like that. This,
1: this is, there's a lot, <laughs> one of my uh, guys that worked for me makes me laugh, because he said, yo, people see all of this, but they, they, he like, they don't know, like, they see how good it looks, but they don't know all the dirt, or the mud that you had yeah. to take, like, because it's a joke we make. You know how people say they built stuff brick by brick? The yeah. joke I made is like, you know, no, we made our bricks. And then we <laughs> had to make our bricks and then use them to build stuff and everything like that. That's so, a, I mean, that's, but that's, that's why, that's why when you come to the game, that's why you feel what you feel. Because everything we do is planned out. Like, in all, the league started in August. Tournament started in August. But, by March, we already knew everything that was going to happen with the league. Yeah, so, yeah. It how to execute more of the detail to make it go through the way we expected it to go through,
0: amazing! You do an unbelievable job. And anybody listening in the Philly area, I highly, highly recommend checking out the chosen league next year. It is if you just love hoop, like you said, it I love what you said about religion. I look at sports the exact same way, especially basketball. It's like universal language, man. Every if you, you can talk you hoop about with anybody,
1: was I got the city to make August Philly legendary summer hoops, so we actually had a fish or so. It started off with me. We went the first four days, then we took the break. Danny Rumpf Classic, which is ran by my man Mike Morat. He had Tyrese Maxey, the Morris twins, Isaiah Joe. He always awesome. have a bunch of NBA guys play. Yep. They played Thursday through Monday. They finished Monday. We came back Tuesday. We played Tuesday through Friday. We finished. The final week, we had the dinner for the legendary Summer Hoops Month. Then we had the championship for the Ralph Brooks League, the Lonnie Young League. Then we had the camps by Lewis Leonard, Chuck Ellis. So we have made August the official month of Philadelphia Summer Hoops to honor the history of those that went before us to see why we, where we at now and where we're going at in the future.
0: That's amazing and absolutely incredible. And there's no doubt. I mean, I can't wait to see where you take this thing from here. I don't, I don't even know how much bigger it can get because it's so awesome, but I'm along for the ride, man. I can't wait to see it. You are a profound dude. I'm, I need to, uh, when I listen to this, I'm going to write down like 20 different things you said. <laughs> I, I love that. The microwave and oven mentality. I, I yeah, couldn't agree but it's, more. But
1: it's the truth. Because think about it. Like, you look at NBA players right now, Josh. No disrespect to my man because he has done a lot of things. I'm just going to be honest. Benson, the younger generation of guys, Yep. it's a microwave mentality. They yep. like the dudes, they like the cars. But someone like LeBron and Kevin Durant, you can say whatever you want to say about them. They got an oven mentality. They always working out. And whatever weakness that somebody said they had, the following season they come. Like, remember, people said LeBron couldn't shoot a jump shot. Can't yep. say that no more.
0: You're right. People said
1: Jeff Curry wasn't, wasn't able to lead the team. Can't say that no more. Mm-hmm. People talk about Kevin Durant all they want, but you know when Kevin Durant gets on the court, he's giving you 30. Yep. So, so even with Kyrie, as, as trade, when Kyrie gets on that, you know he's dedicated to his craft when he gets on that court. He's yep. going to give you some moments. So it's the microwave. And, other, and that's what I try to explain to the young guys. Because that's one thing. This is why I love the chosen league. The other reason why I love the chosen league, it keeps me connected to the young dudes. Yeah. It's separation. Because mm-hmm. even though there's an age gap, because like the joke is, the kids will tell you, I tell the kids in a minute, kids be talking. I'll like, how old are you? They're like, I'm 16. i say, how, how old are you this They're like, damn, old head. i would be like, right. I got it. <laughs> because my thing is, I come from the generation where the older generation shared share the knowledge with the younger generation. Yeah. So the younger generation didn't make the same mistake as the older generation. Then in the black community, I'm just gonna be playing the black community, there came a divide all of a sudden. I'm the one that bridges that gap. Like, look, it don't have to be a divide. Because like I took the kids all the time, Derek Rose was was my main man for nine years. We we basically came up together in ABCD camp, me working, him. You know, OJ Mayo, Brandon Jennings, Isaiah. I was around them guys, so yeah. I've seen them guys go through the bumps to get to where they was at. So why would I want you? To, why would I want you to make the same mistake? Yeah, you understand? Like that? That would be irresponsible of me as someone older who's supposed to be your OG to say, "Oh, you need to go through the same thing I went through." No, you don't. Because I don't know if you're going to survive. Yeah, See, that's the thing. That I don't know if you're going to survive because. Sometimes I look back on the things that I went through, like, damn, how did I get through that? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a, incredible. And and that, I think it speaks volumes about you and yourself and obviously the chosen league, but it's, we talk about basketball. We can talk basketball for days and days, but clearly to you, it's bigger than just basketball, right? You're, oh, you're literally like that, making a difference.
1: That's why I said, John, basketball is just the foundation. That's yep. the platform I use to get the message out. Because one thing COVID should have taught everybody was we are all the... Look, when COVID shut the world down, we all got shut down. Yep. He was in Utah at 338. I was in Philly at 338. And we was all thinking, when are we going to get out of this? Yep. And then we was thinking about... Then we was all praying extra to God on some God, please don't let nothing happen to my... Friend. Because everybody had the same concern. Look, when COVID hit... Let me tell you how crazy this story is. Remember, COVID hit in March 2020. Uh-huh. Remember, it was like December... November they were sending warnings. Yeah. They were sending warnings. So we went to All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend was in Chicago. So me and my crew, me, my man Celine, Mike Morat, Kimba, Paul Becker. That's my that's my crew guy. Yeah. We go to All-Star Weekend as usual. So when we had All-Star Weekend, we laughing. We like, damn, we hope we could get back to Philly and they don't shut stuff down because we had the NBA event. We had the Mitchell Nets event. We had the plays and like you hear these mumblings like there might not be a season after March or something like this. So we be like, all right, whatever. So we get back to Philly. So I get an invitation to go see uh to the premiere Stephon Stephon Marbury movie, a kid okay. from Coney Island. Mm-hmm. We go to Brooklyn. For those that don't know, I know a lot of different NBA players from the top. So Kevin Durant is one of the guys who I know, who i know known him since he was drafted in the league. When he got drafted, when he did the rookie photo shoot in New York, I was working for the Tops at the time as a consultant. He was with up well Panini, no Upper Deck. He couldn't sign, but as usual, my environment was popping. So regardless of who you were signed with, people was coming in the room that I had. So BKD came cool. That's when he got drafted by SuperSon. So over the years, we see each other. The NBA lockout games when we played against the, it's just a mutual friendship and everything like that. Yeah. So as soon as I him, you know, he walks in. Mind you, KD hadn't played yet. He had just got hurt from Brooklyn. He was still out, but he was a producer of the movie. We see KD, dap him up. We laughing, and joking, and watching the movie. He tells, get your wife on FaceTime. He's looking at my daughters, telling my older daughter. I remember when you was this small, he tells my youngest daughter, I don't remember you, but you here now. It's just <laughs> the old thing. We get back, that Tuesday comes down, KD got COVID. Mind you, I was just with this dude. Yeah. Dapping it up, hugging it up, and everything like that. That Wednesday, Adam Silver shut the world down. Remember, Adam Silver shut the yep. NBA down? Then the Trump administration, three days later, everything got shut down. So going through COVID just gave me a time to reflect and really think of, like, where am I going to take the chosen league? Because the chosen league is basketball. And that gets people attention for two, at the time, a month, month, and that for the summer. But I was like, I got to do something more tangible and servicing people to leave a real lasting imprint to really help people out and that's where team thompson family foundation finally because we always did stuff for the community you stopped and told you that but yeah it was yeah. never it was always but i was like now nah, we gotta come five we gotta come a non-profit because it was donations that i can't get because people was like you don't have a 501 one c3 and i'm like it can't be donated to the chosen league. because like my godmother came in my Came to my head again. Yeah. The snowball effect came everything mixed together. So I know I'm all over the place, Josh. I'm sorry.
0: So you guys know I'm always pumped about the Sixers, but here's a shout-out for something else I'm super hyped about. Griffle's Plasma. Yep. This is something that needs to be talked about. A lot of people depend on plasma donations. Patients, hospitals, and even people like me, broke college students. Okay, broke is a strong word, but back in the day, donating plasma legitimately helped me stretch my budget, and Griffel's plasma is a great go-to for extra funds. Why am I talking about plasma? Because it is one of the least known topics out there, but it is an important one. Why did the Sixers give DeAndre Jordan so many minutes last season? Okay, that one's still a mystery, but plasma makes medicines. A lot of people depend on these medicines. Giving plasma shows your good side. You can find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. When you donate, tell them Josh sent you. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? You tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. No, are you kidding? I love it. That leads right in. We'll, we'll just jump to this. I, I want to hear a little bit more about your foundation. Obviously, Team Thompson Absolutely. Family Foundation. You and your wife run it. Give, it, give us a little breakdown. What, what right, exactly is your guys' mission? Thompson
1: Foundation, we are been officially a 501c3 since October 2018. Well, me and my wife, we've been married 12, 13 years. We've been doing this for like eight, nine years. It started off with us doing, we have we adopted a shelter called the Woodstock Family Shelter. So every year on Thanksgiving, we would go to the shelter and we would serve home-cooked meals. So basically our Thanksgivings would be in the shelter okay. all day long with the because remember, my, my mother was me and my mother was homeless. Yeah. So that means a lot to me. But Christmas is where we really get busy at. So what we do for the Woodstock Family Shelter and families that get in contact with us, and we provide everybody with new coats. So everyone that's in the shelter, we get their sizes, we get them new coats, we gift wrap them, and we personalize everything. Every child that's in the shelter get three Christmas gifts, Wish we take at least one of them wish, and we make it a reality. So if you're in room 209, you get a big old Christmas bag that's huge from the Team Thompson Family Foundation It's personalized to you. We go shop everything so it ain't nothing secondhand. Everything is brand new. We go through everything. We make sure they get meals. We give them gift cards. So then, so now the purpose of Teen Thompson Family Foundation is strengthening the community one family at a time. So our main purpose is combating hygiene poverty. When people okay. take a poverty, they go homelessness and hunger. But what people don't take into consideration is hygiene poverty. So if you don't have soap to wash your face, or toothbrush to brush your teeth, or lotion or shampoo, your confidence is gonna be shot. Yeah. So that's gonna open up a whole lot of different things. Remember, I was homeless, so I've been through this before. So yeah. when someone is hungry, your breath stinks. If someone is homeless, they don't have no soap. So you talk about the two H's of hunger and homelessness, there's a third H, which is hygiene. If you could get hygiene under control, that could possibly lead to somebody getting a job. If yeah. they can get a job, they could possibly get a home. But if they don't smell good, when they go to the job interview, what's going to happen? They're not going yep. to get hired. Yep. So that's what we did. So, so far this year, we have serviced over 315 families. We have touched 1,300 people. And we wow. have given them like $20,000 in hygiene products. So every wow. month, we do 25 families. We give them a, It's called a feel good to feel good back. And, and it is is family is full size items. They get dishwasher detergent, laundry detergent, shampoo and conditioner, toilet paper, toothpaste, lotion, toilet, uh toothbrushes, sanitary napkins for the women, mouthwash, and a few other items, deodorant. And so they get, and it's enough for a family. We service up to a family of six. Man. So we do five families every month.
0: That's amazing.
1: So that's why we came to the games. The $10 donation went towards the foundation to help us with buying, to operate this because, like I said, we've done given away $20,000 in product. So you talk about 25 families a month. And the thing about the night after the championship game, we actually served 80 families that Saturday morning because we didn't do it in June and July because we knew we were going to be busy with building stuff. So we did 80 families in August. Uh,
0: Incredible. If if any of my listeners want to help, want to donate anyway, is there a way? How can they do so? They just go
1: to the website okay. Teenthompsonfamilyfoundation.org. You could donate financially there. If you want to find, if you want to donate some tangible stuff like new coats or anything, our email address is there. You just email us. So it's at www.teenthompsonfamilyfoundation.org. And this goes into what I was telling you earlier about the the foundation needs, the website. Yeah. Those only could use the social media. Because yep. you got the audiences, you got to know. I don't want to overload people with too much stuff.
0: Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I, I know for a fact that I've got a bunch of listeners who will be more than happy to help and jump on this. So,
1: and we're getting prepared for us. And what in our, our holiday event, of course, serve the people, holiday unity. This will be our seventh one this year. It's going to be December 17th. And that's what we've been working on right now. Because people be like, Raheem, every time we look up, you and your wife and your I'm like, You got you got to continue. The more positivity put out in the world, the more we can combat this negativity. Because the only reason negativity getting all this attention because people that's doing positive is trying to be quiet. We ain't being quiet. We putting it now. This is what we're doing. Love conquers all. We believe in God. Whatever your religion, but if you believe in God and I believe in God, we're rolling together. So let's just keep rocking out and everything like that. And that's the way. And that's the way me and my wife and my mother and my kids. That's how we live our life.
0: I love it. What a what a great way to live absolutely incredible
1: yeah, the servicing people everything that's our prayer every day i always pray to god provide me with the resources and i will service the people because my godmother taught me yeah like i always go back to my godmother grow mambo she goes she taught me she said you serve the people and god will serve you and she has she hasn't she, she, she's not wrong even at her death she's still right i'll be finding myself sometimes just looking up like just what she talked about
0: yeah she's a wise woman absolutely yeah, very much so wanted to chat with you. You mentioned it earlier, going to Knicks games, but whenever Philly would come in town, you'd kind of always root for the Sixers. So I, I'm i assuming, and I know that you are a big Sixers fan.
1: Yo, Josh, this is like the craziest <laughs> thing, right? So and it's like God is amazing. And I hope I'm not insulting on your listeners by talking oh, about God. N- none. God. Yeah. Oh, none. Yeah. People all the time, listen, if you could talk about rap, if you could talk about politics, and you could talk about, I could talk about God. Hey, amen. So, so, when the Knicks would play the Sixers, this is Mark Jackson, Gerald Wilkins, Rick Pitino, head coach, Patrick Ewan. They would play against the Knicks. This was Hershey Hawkins, Charles Barkley. I don't think Armand Gillian was on this team at the time, whatever. But every time they would play against the Sixers, for some reason, I would end up rooting for the Sixers. Now, mind you, I'm living in New York. Yeah. But I would, Barkley would just get busy. Like, uh-huh. just get busy. Like, get a double-double, some stupid type of double-double. Like, 22 and 21 on Patrick Ewing. Something crazy, right? Yep. So, then they would play them in the playoffs. They would get swept. And this was, like, happening on a regular basis. Then when I moved to Philadelphia, because I moved to Philadelphia when I was 13 or 14. i get here, and I'm like, now, mind you, in New York, Madison Square Garden is downtown. Yeah, yep. So when I lived in the Bronx, to get to Madison Square Garden, that's like an hour and 15-minute ride. Okay. But when I get to Philadelphia, I'm living in North Philly. That's like a 20-minute ride on the subway at the end of the stop. Uh-huh. The so it just naturally came. It was like the – and then I was born in 1976. My favorite color is blue. My other favorite color is like all these weird similarities – like it was just like destiny of this then the first year of the Chosen League, yeah. I told my sister, um, recommend me for the hometown hero, because they used to have this award for the hometown hero. I, I won the hometown hero awesome. award. So it was like, then I met your uncle, like you understand what I'm saying? Like yep. it's always been this thing with me in the sixes, even with him not being there, my the guys that's now in that's like in leadership positions is yeah. guys who I knew when they was younger. So awesome. it was like it's this relationship that's crazy, and, and people are asking, like, who's my favorite Philadelphia 76 of all time? Yeah, I don't have one, like, I have a five. Okay, so my five is Charles Barkley, of course. Okay, Alan Robinson,
0: mm-hmm. Aaron
1: McKee, Drew Holiday, and Andre Igadala. Those okay. are my five sixes of all time. Okay, because it's oh, and then the sixth man would be Thaddeus Sean. Because Drew Holiday, Andre Ildaro, and Daddy Sean, they all sponsored a team in my league. Oh, which, awesome. But Which went a long way. Yep. Alan Ives, I i was here to witness the birth of that whole thing. And mm-hmm. just seeing what he did for the culture of how he blended the hip-hop world and the corporate world and then had this impact that has lasted. With people wearing tattoos now, and cornrows yep. is just regular when at first it wasn't. And that's Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley just didn't take no BS from nobody. Yeah, and that's me. Like anybody that knows me, know I'm very caring. I go, but I'm not taking no B-. like I'm quite sure I don't take no BS from nobody because for this to work, we gotta make sure this, the business is handled. Yeah, of this course. doesn't work being laughy jokey with everybody. It's just not going. And that's why, even to this day, that's why I bang with Charles Barkley. The people have a lot of things to say about Charles Barkley, but it was something he said on the Draymond Green podcast the other day. He was like, I played the game. But y'all yeah. making $30, $40, 200000000 million now. Mm-hmm. This is the work we put in. And, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the elders and the young people. That's where yeah. I come and try to bridge that gap a little bit. Because like the other day, someone told me, they're like, Ryan, you still a baby. I said, I'm 46 years old. And I said, that made me feel good when they called me a baby. <laughs> this was someone that was 75. So yeah. I was like, all right, I still got some more living to do. I plan on being around for a long a while. Like I, I plan on seeing my great great grandchildren. Like I plan on being like that pop pop. They're like, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid five. And obviously, having those personal connections with Igudala, Thad, and Drew, like that's that's awesome. I didn't know that they sponsored uh, each sponsored a team if in your league. That's daddy cool.
1: Dad sponsored. is when he that 2007 NBA draft. I was telling you about. Yep. I was working for Tops because I was working for Reebok. And I used to do the McDonald's or American game products. So, the uniform okay. that I handled all that.
0: Yeah.
1: Tops contracted me as a consultant because they see how I was good with the players and everything like that. Yeah. Daddy ended up getting drafted by the Sixers. So, I had to handle all of Daddy's Tops autograph the signs. Okay. So, I used to have to go over to his house once every three months and he would sign like 2,000 things. He ended up, Drew. I knew Drew from the McDonald's All-American game. Mm -hmm. He went to UCLA. This is the funniest story ever. Villanova fans is going to – the true Villanova fans know this. Okay. Let me just say it publicly. Okay. So, Drew went to UCLA. Mm -hmm. At the time, Villanova had Corey Stokes, Corey Fisher. And there was like a little rift between the Chosen League and Villanova at the time because there was this rumor a certain player got hurt at the Chosen League Oh. And it was true. It, it, it was not true. And there were people that was, like, gassing this up. And it got to the point, and I was working with Reebok at the, at the time. Uh-huh. So I had access to all the top players in the country. So I was basically, like, F Villanova at that time. Yeah. Jay White and me, we was not seeing eye to eye because I was like, people are saying things about me that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I work for Reebok. Yes, I work with Chris Rivers. Yes, I work with Sonny Vaccaro. But them guys on your team, Corey Fisher, Corey Stokes, those are all our guys from ABCD camp who we help y'all get. Yeah. So why would y'all lie about something in my league? Come to find out the person who said it was a liar and it came, but the, the, the truth will always come out. Yeah, so yeah. at the time, Drew was at UCLA. Well, guess who the UCLA played in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> <in Florida? laughs> Villanova. And guess where they playing them at? In Philadelphia. so when i go see drew at the hotel mind you me and drew been talking the whole year this is my guy from elite 24 days so we so i'm like yo when y'all come to philly bring a bring a ucla shirt he's like word. i was like yeah bring a ucla shirt and i need you to leave me tickets for the game he leaves me tickets for the game i would now mind you i'm mr philadelphia Yep. i walk into the wells fargo center was it the Wells Fargo at the time? Or first, no, Wells Fargo, with a UCLA shirt on. If you ever been to the NCAA tournament games, you know how they got all the broadcasters and yep. they're right they're sitting right down the broadcasters across from the across from UCLA bench with a UCLA shirt on, clapping. The Villanova players come out. Reggie Retton still talks about that. He's, Reggie Retton comes out. Shane Clark. All the players stop and look like, brah. I'm like, I told y'all. <laughs> Because one thing about me, I'm a loyal dude. Yeah. So if, if y'all knew that was a lie being said, why didn't y'all correct that with them? Yep. So then Villanova wins. They end up going to the front. So everybody talking trash, But I'm still laughing because I'm talking to Drew. I'm like, Drew's about to declare for the draft. Yep. like, he only averaged nine points. I'm like, y'all forget this is a 6'5 point guard playing in a controlled environment with Ben Allen. Yep. Once he gets in the game where the floor opens up at, He's gonna go. He go go on. Well, guess who gets? Guess who drafts Drew at number seventeen in that draft this year? Full circle. (laughs) six. I'm not. That's why I always tell people stand in the truth of what. Then a year later, my young guy gets hired by uh, Villanova. Ashley Howard. Ashley corrects everything. He fixes everything out. You know, it's like three years later, Ashley gets drafted. I mean, goes over to Ashley. He was. He was at right No, where was Ashley was at LaSalle. Went from LaSalle to Xavier, then went to Villanova. When mm-hmm. he got to Villanova, he cleaned that all up. He 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 brought clarity. And then me and Jay White, the Villanova program, we came, we came locked in arms. Three years later, they won the NCAA tournament. I was sending Ashley, you can ask Ashley Howard. I was sending him scout reports on every team they were playing. Oh, awesome. the, my scout report came a part of his scout reports, which Villanova was using. Then that year they won the championship. Jay White got Villanova got honored by the John Warner Maker. The John Warner Make is a big war, award here, as yeah. a warrior as the team of the year. I was honored as the sports guy of the year. So we was at the luncheon together. He said some words about me. I said some words. So it was like this full circle moment. That's what I always tell people. People talk about tell your truth. No, nah, I ain't about telling your truth. Just stand in the truth. Yeah. Because yep. your truth could be a lie. Yeah, The truth is the truth. So that was just a clear example about like me standing in my thing like, nah, I ain't do that. I'm banging with the people that bang with me. That's why I always say, devote your core audience, and we're going to see how this play out.
0: <laughs> Amazing. What a story. That It's yeah. wild how things come full circle like that.
1: Yeah, because even Reggie Redden brought it up this past summer at the Danny Rump tournament. He was like, I remember the tournament. You came out there. You had that shirt on, and you did. Even when we was beating you, said, like, you were still standing up. I was like, yeah. I had to make a point because one yep. thing about me, my mother and my godmother taught me to be a leader. Yeah. And they said, "You make a decision, you can't, you can't change it once you make the decision. Mm-hmm. You just gotta ride that out and see what happens, good or bad. Because no matter what decision you make, it's gonna be good or bad, regardless. Yeah. So whatever. So your consistent work is gonna determine if it's good or bad. Yeah. So my thing was like, I'm just gonna ride this out and see what happens. Twenty-one years later, kids at Villanova, kids at Duke, kids at, at Kentucky—like the craziest thing from this year that people don't repeat is we had the number two player in the country playing on the boys' court, Justin Edwards, while the number three player in the girls in the country for the girls, Hannah Hidalgo, was playing at the same time. I i be telling my lead directors, "I'm like y'all guys don't do a lot. I'm like y'all might have all that height." But I said, when it comes to the substance of this. I got of it. high school basketball. I got that.
0: Yep, I love it. So that that leads into this. You mentioned some names earlier, but just off the top of your head, who are some of the big names you've had come through and play at the play at the chosen league?
1: Cal Lowry. I'm gonna start back and move forward. Cal Lowry, Wayne Newton, Gerald Henderson, Dante Cunningham, um, Lamar. St- All right, let me go. I gotta go back. Lamar, all right, Cal Lowry, Cal Lowry, the Morris Twins, Wayne Ellerton, Gerald Henderson, Dante Cunningham, Dante Green, Lamar Stevens, Derek Jones, Alizé Johnson, Jakar Sampson, uh, Tony Carr. Who else? I might be missing. That's like 14, 15, Deontay Christmas. That's like 15 guys in the league right there. Yeah. So, that down, Kuno McDonald's on there because like we had – Malik Wayne, she was a McDonald's All-American. Wade Green was a, a McDonald's All-American. Emil Jefferson was a, a McDonald's yeah. All-American. Wayne and Gerald was McDonald's All-Americans. Justin's gonna be Justin Ellis, who just signed to Kentucky. He's gonna be a McDonald's All-American this year. Uh-huh. Um, we had Diamond Johnson. She's at North Carolina State now. She was at Rutgers. She like cause remember our, our girls and people don't know that our girls division is only two years old. Okay. Oh, our uh... 160 is 160 out of the 160 girls have them played in the, in the chosen league girls total. Out of them 160, 70 of them are playing college basketball right now. Wow,
0: wow, wow, wow.
1: Yeah, so and the girls' game, I think that very since I got two daughters. So my thing was, I got to make sure I provide a platform so my daughters could see similar mm-hmm. to them whooping. So yep. and, that's the thing, and that's why it was so important for me that because it took a while for me to do the female division. My right-hand man, Richard Gilliam, he's real big in the female circle here in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Like, he coaches MOTEP girls. They don't want like four public league championships in the back. So it took him about seven years to convince me, because my thing with him was like, we're just not doing a girls' league to do a girls' league. Yeah. match the intensity of the boys' league or exceed it. And yep. the first year we did it with Diamond and Dump, they exceeded the boys. And that was the crazy thing about it, because, we had just, it was like our second year out of Town Street. Jordan Hall, mm-hmm. he actually assigned with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. He the MVP of the Boys League. When we came with the girls tournament, we shook the—we shook up the East Coast because we had people coming from New York down. Awesome. Nike Oregon office was calling. Like, cause we shook it. We, 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 and then what made it good, Diamond played in the Slam game up at mm-hmm. Dykeman and won MVP. And Dykeman, that's like our. My man Kenny and Chachin, who's the MC and Naya, yeah. those are my people. So Chachin was really hyping it up on the mic. He was like, yeah, Diamond, chosen league Philly. And she's just going off, knocking awesome. it down. So it was just like we call it at the we like, so female basketball, and I always tell people, they need their own platform. That's why they got their own court. That's yep. why it, they got their own uniforms. That's why I make sure they had everything the boys got. Everybody got Nike Elite uniform. Y'all get Nike Elite uniform. Y'all each, every team, y'all get your own color. So y'all can feel it. This ain't gonna be no reversible jersey type thing. Yep, type. yep. This is your uniform. This is your number. When we wash your uniform, when you come back, this is what you're gonna get.
0: I love it. I think that's so awesome. And it is so important. You said it about your daughters, but now that I've got a little daughter of my own, it's I've I've kind of looking at things through a little bit different of a lens.
1: And... The two most influential people in my life is women. Yep, my godmother and my mom. Those, yeah. Are but my godmother was nothing to play with. My godmother, like, there's kings of countries. When I say kings of country, when she walked in, they bowed down. And I, yeah. and I sometimes like because she used to make the joke like, y'all don't really know who I am. I'm like, I know who you are. I don't know what they <laughs> talking about, but I, 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 seen it with my own two eyes. And <laughs> but nah, but like I said, Josh, this is a been Twenty-one years of amazing experiences. The the because basketball like when we was in Nigeria, mm-hmm. we was in Nigeria in two thousand what was it nineteen yeah nineteen I think it was uh, whatever we were there for like twelve days. One of the kids over there, the video game had just came out like a year before. It was so funny. We was walking through a village. One of the kid I had a Chosenly shirt. Kid looked at me like Chosenly. I was looked at him like yeah. What you know about Chosenly? He says about the video game.
0: No way.
1: Boy, dude, on his phone, because he's a Cal Lowry fan. Wow. My my wife is like, he's the chosenly. He like, no, 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 no. This chosen league, I'm like, I'm chosen league. He googles me, he looks at me, oh chosenly. So it was just like these experiences, I mean, it's just been amazing, man. It's a it's a you know, that's why I always tell people I encourage people. If you don't play team sports, understand team sports. Because one thing basketball has done, it has been this, this ball has been this thing that has been able to help me meet people, yeah. unify people. Because when I first started Chosenland, people didn't think it was going to work. Yeah, I Remember, I had teams coming from all over the city to Albany. That had people coming to this park that was only known for the people of Albany. So I had uh-huh. people come from South Philly, Southwest Philly, West Philly, Chester, Jersey, all coming in this one park where the where the, where the reputation was they don't they don't mess with nobody. Uptown and have all these people playing, caring yeah. and everything like that. Then at the end of the night, everybody going home safe. And did yep. that for 20, 21 years, knock on wood. We never had no no violent incidents.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Man.
1: And, but, but like I tell people that comes in putting in the work, but yep. the most important work was just praying every morning and praying to God, like God, look, at, cause that's my prayer. God, make sure everybody that's safe, that support this, that's coming tonight, make sure everybody's safe, that they safe there, that they safe during the event and they get home safe. Now after that I, I can't ask for nothing more than that and everything like that.
0: Amazing. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I want to end with this. You've been so awesome. I really appreciate your time. I have to hear your thoughts on this current Sixers team, current roster. We made some moves in the offseason. I want I want to hear your thoughts on how you're feeling going in. All
1: right. The problem that we have is the East is too damn stacked. Yep. Period. Because it now, if this was four years ago, I'd be like, all right, we can go to the conference finals. Yeah. But we gotta deal with first of all, we gotta deal with Boston.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Remember, Boston went and got Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers. Yep. People, who, if you're not a basketball person, you don't understand how big of a move that is. You're yeah. about, they about a 16-point starter yep. who was a focus point of an NBA franchise and brought him into the fold. Yep. Then we got Miami, who was one shot away from
0: <laughs> you're the right. A Finals. You're right.
1: And remember, Cal Lowry didn't play. You're right. Got that to deal with. Then we got the Greek Freak, who are the defending champions from the <laughs> year before. Who lost Chris Milton in the playoffs? Yep. Then we didn't even get to the Brooklyn Nets with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Yep. So now we get to us. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. Like if James Harden can go back to the old James Harden, not go back to the old, but be a more um, efficient. Yep. Hope- James Harden and if Tyrese Massey could make the jump. I can see us going to the conference final because Toronto is not to be played with, neither because they right. gave us a home last year. You're right, and now we don't know what's going to happen in Charlotte because you don't know what next step LaMelo ball is going to take. You're right, he's progressing. The east is like the way the NBA was in the west a couple you're right. years ago. Yeah, it's Then you look at the west, you like, okay, the Lakers, ah, Phoenix. And Golden State, Lord have mercy.
0: Yep, you're right.
1: Golden State is still the Lord have mercy over there. You're right. And then Memphis, who jo- John Morant and them, they, them young boys not playing.
0: Yeah, that's like, for real.
1: Like, if John Morant don't get hurt last year in that playoff series, like, yep. you got to remember, they thought they should beat Golden State. There's right. not too many teams during the Golden State era who yeah. have believed they could beat them. You're right. Even when LeBron and them play. Remember, LeBron had to bring them back and had to send a text to the group like, if you don't think we can beat them, don't get on this plane. That took the game four. Memphis started out the season saying, we're the ones. Remember, Memphis got on everybody's nerves. It. They made LeBron mad. Remember, yeah. they the thing, And they were talking to LeBron, was like, you're going to stop talking. They are like, no, we like Memphis is bringing this Fab Five yeah. Rebels type thing to the NBA. But back to your original question, we for us to win this year, and I I want a parade bad. Scott will tell you. Yep. I, I I was hoping they won with Scott because I knew I said if they won the championship, I was gonna tell Scott I need my own bus. Yeah, and I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. let me put the people on the bus that need to be on the bus, and we are gonna rock because our bus gonna be the bus during the parade. Yeah, players gonna on my bus. I already <laughs> knew it. I, I I already knew it. But all jokes aside, if and B can get over the MVP snub from last year, Yep. if he could fully let that go, honestly, if he could fully let that go, I could see us in the conference final playing against either the Bucks or the Nets.
0: For real, R- Rahim, man, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time with me. This has been so awesome. I'm not kidding when I said I'm going to listen back and literally write down like 20 different things you said.
1: Nah, it's not a problem, Josh. I have, people have told me that, and one, you know what? I have become more comfortable with that. Yeah. Because at first, people would say that to me, and it would make me a little uneasy. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm the type of guy that like to operate behind the curtains uh-huh. and make sure everything is right, and then pop my head out. I'm like, yeah, hey, thank you. Remember, uh-huh. I thank people for coming. You seen that? I thank people yep. for coming. To, thank you, thank you. Well, I'm giving you something. Yeah. I'm saying thank you. <laughs> so for you to say that, that feels good. I'm glad I lived up to the expectations of what Scott said about me. God look sometimes people talk about me and people are like, man, some people don't say all this about you, but you even more than what they said. And I'll be looking at people like, yeah, it's true, but <laughs> I gotta stay humble. But yeah, like, like, but don't talk too much crazy because I'm gonna. Tell you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Everything I heard was true, man. For real, what an honor. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I'm looking forward to next. Next time I'm out in Philly, we we got to
1: uh, we got to link up. Oh, definitely. You got you definitely got to come over to the house and get some cooking, though.
0: My yeah, wife, absolutely. my wife.
1: to tell you, my wife when she gets down. That's why I wasn't this big when I was <laughs> when we first got together and everything like that. You know I mean?
0: but, that's that's but, just you know, love. That's love right there.
1: i I like to just thank your listeners for just allowing me to take some time out your life. Hopefully, I was able to inspire your some, your listeners, get some insight. And just like I said, man, just res- treat everybody with respect and dignity, and that's what you get back because that's what everybody want in the world. Especially like one thing the pandemic and COVID did, it humanized everybody. Yeah, it like it really did. Like it didn't matter if you was rich or poor. Everybody had the same concern every day. Like when can we get back outside? When can I see my brother? When can I see my mom? Like my what? Like we was Scott probably told you we was inside for two years. Yeah, and move Yeah, we, we did. Move. I mean, like the only movement we did was Home Depot, restaurant depot, and I and 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 I and our house up in the mountains. because yeah. that, wasn't moving nowhere because yeah. I was like eerie. And like I said, respect and dignity. If we could all do that, we could make the world a better place. Because I believe what we're going through right now is just a precursor to the greatness that's about to happen. Because before, like, like everybody, you know this. You got to throw the trash out before you can yep. really
0: clean. Up. Yep. I couldn't agree more. No doubt, guaranteed. You've inspired every one of my listeners, and for real, can't can't thank you enough. Thank you, Rahim.
1: Thank you, Josh.
0: I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Rahim. Again, what a guy! Can't even begin to thank him enough for jumping on here. Philly legend himself. Um, hope you all had a great week. Really looking forward to chatting with you guys next week. Got another amazing guest on here, uh, another Sixers uh, prominent figure, and uh, excited to chat it up. So. That's it, man. Hope you all have a great week. Uh, Look forward to chatting with you next week. And uh, that's all, folks.